All right, so this morning we are continuing uh, the Sunday school topic of uh, uh, biblical counseling and just kind of looking at uh, just different heart issues and things involved. And so uh, this morning we're going to be covering um, good and bad communication uh, or biblical communication. And what are some of the things uh, involved when we think about communication? And just by way of starting, uh, one book that uh, or booklet I found really helpful. It's more that I will say that it's more related to uh, to marriage is communication and conflict resolution by Stuart Scott. Uh, this is a rare circumstance that I'll bring in a physical book uh, because I own so little uh, that I'm an electronic guy. But I will say um, uh, I, I I found this uh, to be a helpful book again purchase it more from like a marriage standpoint, but again, I think there's a lot that's really helpful. We're going to go over some of that uh, this morning. A lot of the material was either pulled from, uh, from this little booklet or another one entitled uh, Biblical Communication, How to Stimulate Growth in the Body of Christ. I don't know who that's by, but by means of uh, acknowledgement. So as we start this morning and we think about the subject of communication, let's think about... Um, Two, uh, two, two aspects, right? Contrasting aspects. What are some of the negative effects of poor communication? And this is not rhetorical. This is meant to be asking for input. So what are some of the negative effects of poor communication? Dragging your hands up. Yeah, divorce. Okay. Yep. That could be yeah, like a yeah, the result. Yep, and and then some of the things involved that got to that point, right? The tension, the the battle or the conflict. Yep, yeah, absolutely, good point. What else? What are? Yeah, Michelle. Yes. Yes. Nope. Excellent point. Maybe not even getting like the whole story out, like not communicating, or if you don't allow each person to kind of like give their whole, I guess, input, if you will, you might not be getting the whole, whole story. Yep. Whole picture. Yep. Yep. Yes, yes, yeah, that distance, yep, no, absolutely. All right, no, I think that's good. And then um, even if we take a minute and then just think, what are some of the, um, uh, uh, the positive effects of good biblical communication? What are some of the things that are experienced as a result? Dragon? A revelation, okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe from the standpoint that there's insight that's provided, right, where you're, you're hearing both people and some of the things involved there. Yep, I think that's appropriate. Yeah, some of the wisdom that can be provided. Absolutely. Uh. I think too, just you know, good communication reduces the opportunity for conflict and strife. You know, so. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. It's like Jonathan. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Nope. I think that's really good. I think that is. Um, 
Yeah, and it does. And I think all of that fosters trust too, right? Especially when you think of relationships, uh, the more that that's handled, it does. It fosters trust in, um, in a good way. All right. Um, let me pause for just a second. All right. So, so, let's, um, so let's think about this. I think that's really helpful, right? We kind of think of maybe some of those results. Let's think about um, its importance. So, um, so if we think about this from, uh, from, from the standpoint, how does the Lord see communication? And um, I think when we think about the Lord, the Lord sees important. The Lord sees communication as really important, right? And you just think about a lot of the texts that talk about issues related to um, the tongue or issues related to um, uh, responses, relationships, right? There's like so much overlap there that's, that's involved. And, um, and, and truly, uh, communication also, I think, um, is informed or works with or reveals um, when, when we think of uh, uh, character and issues of um, discipline and, and what's required to have good communication, right? Like you think of a relationship like with a spouse, right? And if you become offended, how difficult it is not to respond or, you know, um, uh, uh, take offense and then respond back out of vengeance or, or something of that nature. And then not only that, but then we go down even at a deeper level. Uh, and turn with me real quick. We can just look here in Matthew chapter 12. When we think about communication, we don't want to think about it from like a, a behavioralist psychological perspective where it's like we, we just look at actions and how do we influence or coerce actions right? We want to think of communication as ultimately a heart issue, right? That really, um, uh, when we think about what drives us and uh, what shapes us, it happens at, at a formative heart level. So in Matthew chapter 12, let's look at verse 34. And just, just the end, um, uh, so Jesus here talking about in verse 33 about a tree um, uh, and, and the fruit. And then in verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? And then this is the key thing for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And truly we see, um, how connected those two things are, right? So when we think about communication, we don't want it to be divorced from what's going on at a thought and a heart level, what we feel, what we think, what we purpose, what we desire, right? All those things come, come, come into play when we think about communication. So, um, so turn with me to James chapter 3. So um, uh, uh, the, uh, J, the book of James, yeah, just turn there to James. Uh, the book of James uh, in, has been said to be uh, almost like um, the apostle and his meditation on the Sermon on the Mount, right? There's just like so many overlaps there. And you see a lot of practical Christianity being worked out when we look at the book of James. Um, and so when we look at James 3, a significant portion is, is, uh, is divided up related to the tongue. And what I want us to do is we're just going to take a, a minute just to read James 3, verses 5 through 10. And if I can have a volunteer who'd be willing to read... Okay, do you, do you have a Bible? Uh, yes, gotta read. Okay. All right, can, I can read. Yeah, can you? Okay. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. Behold, how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world, word, world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of existence, and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With, um, 
With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Excellent. And I think that's the key thing when we look at verse, the end of verse 10, right, where it says, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. And I think that's the reality that we live with in the Christian life, right? When we think about the ideal versus the real, right? The ideal is this shouldn't take place among us. And the reality is we still have the flesh that battles against the spirit, right? And so, but I, even more so, I think from, from an important standpoint, just look at the words that are used and associated with the tongue here, right? And so when we think about communication, I think James is stressing to us um, uh, uh, its importance and, uh, and, and, and really for us, I think this is a, a strong encouragement for us to take heed um, and to take guard um, uh, to, uh, to our tongue and to our speech, um, that we would be thoughtful and intentional and exercise um, self-control when it comes to when it comes to speech. So, um, yeah, and following Stuart Scott, he's got, he, he, he outlines some helpful things here. He outlines two general points when we think about communication, and then we're going to go and look at four characteristics of good communication. So the, um, so the first two points, um, uh, the first point is this, um, that we must desire and resolve to guard our speech. I'll say that again. We must desire and resolve to guard our speech. Turn with me to the book of Psalms. And it's a prayer that's prayed, uh, or act, and actually sung, right, because it's a, it's a psalm. Uh, in, in Psalm 141, verse 3, and just that we would likewise pray and resolve in our own heart in, in this way. Psalm 141, the end of the psalm. End of the psalms. Psalm 141, and then uh, verse 3. If I can have uh, a volunteer willing to read Psalm 141.3. Okay. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the, doors of, over the door of my lips. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, just praying. Lord, protect me. Lord, help, help guard my speech. Help guard, help guard my tongue. Um, uh, and, and not just praying, uh, but praying that the Lord would strengthen us to be able to do that, right? But similar to what we, we, we touched on with Matthew chapter 12, we know that it's not just simply at the tongue or the speech level, right? We know it's a deeper issue. And, uh, and, and so for our second point, it means that we must resolve to guard our heart. And just turn with me one book over to the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 4. Yeah, just praying that the Lord would guard us in what we want, in what we feel, in what we purpose, or the things that we don't want. All things in these kinds of categories. In Proverbs chapter 4, and then in verse 23. We can have someone willing to read verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, or from it flows the springs of life. Yep, excellent. So here we see a command in the book of Proverbs, and then we can turn that into a prayer or even a resolve that the Lord, that you would keep our hearts, that you would help guard our hearts, right, and the things that are needed there. And and truly, so I think from from a, like a you know overarching standpoint, we think about communication. I think two of those things from a Christian perspective, as someone indwelt by the Spirit, forgiven by Christ um, through, through His life, death, and resurrection, right? We then, um, we then turn and resolve and pray, Lord, strengthen us to be guarded in our speech and to be guarded in our heart. So then, um, so moving our way down then, so then 
what are helpful characteristics for good communication? And, um, and, and Stuart Scott provides four that I think will be good, and we'll spend some time dealing with these principles, some of the text, and maybe just um, some helpful uh, experience that, that he shares. So there are uh, these four. Um, four characteristics, holy, clear, purposeful, and timely. So these are four characteristics of good communication. Holy, clear, purposeful, and timely. So let's start with the first one. And this relates to uh, um, that good communication should be holy. And we can think of this under two subheadings. We can think of it in the sense of being truthful. And we can also think of it in the sense of being righteous in how we treat with one another. So turn with me to the book of Ephesians. And we'll, we'll go to the book of Ephesians a couple times. Um, just a, a lot of, a lot of um, light that, that Paul sheds there. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And we will look at verse 25. All right. Let's read. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we see Paul here instructing the body of Christ and saying we need to put out falsehood and instead speak the truth, right? And I think this is um, uh, re re really important that we are honest, um, in what we communicate and, and being truthful, um, being straightforward. But then I also think um, on, on that second category, when we think about um, holy communication, we can think of it in the sense of righteous, but, but really in the sense of righteous from the manner in which we speak. So just turn a, or go a little bit farther down in Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll read verses 29 to 32. And if we could have uh, a volunteer. Yep. Ephesians 4, 29 to 32. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. All right, excellent. So, with that, Paul provides... Uh, and, and, and it's really his fashion, the way he does this, um, especially in Ephesians chapter 4 with this put off and put on motif, right? Where he's going to instruct practical repentance and what that looks like, right? From a fruit standpoint, you know, to call uh, for change, right? And, and similarly, like he does here, he's going to say, don't do this or put off this or, or remove this and then put on these things or pursue these things, right? Um, and, breaking, and breaking that down in a practical way. And I think that's helpful. And so let, let's look at that. So what does a righteous manner of speaking or, or how we say it, how, um, those, those, those things enamored uh, there. So, so let's look at the first one. So where he says in verse 29, um, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. I'm sorry, I apologize. All the way down to, uh, to verse 31, right, where he gives us some clear things. So, let all bitterness, and here we'll just provide some helpful, um, uh, Stuart Scott provides some helpful little definitions that I think are just some really good nuggets. So, bitterness, to remove bitterness. Bitterness is a fixed attitude of sharpness or harshness, right? So, removing a, a sharpness in, a, in our speech or removing uh, 
what can what can feel like a blow, right? Where it just you know strong impact. Um, if we were to go down to the next one, um, sorry, I keep losing my place. A uh, 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 wrath. Uh, so we have bitterness. So we have wrath. Wrath being a temporary outburst of anger, right? Removing wrath from from that standpoint. And then the next one we see is anger. Uh, removing anger, which um, can be a slow burn of indignation, right? Um, uh, uh, when we think of like that, that slow burn or uh, keeping so- something in the oven, right? And just where it's, it's just cooking and stewing. Um, uh, and then when we think of next, uh, the next word here is clamor. And that can be yelling or loud quarreling or harsh contention. And again, you're going to see there's going to be like a lot of overlap with these, right? So it's not like this is this one and it fits in this like circle and doesn't relate to this one. Like you're going to see some heavy overlap with terms, but just trying to help draw out, you know, some of the emphases here. So clamor is uh, yelling or loud quarreling or harsh contention, right? Like a, like a, like a word fight. Um, and then the next one there is slander, speaking evil of a person, right? And we think of things like name calling or belittling or attacking the person, right? Things that kind of fall into some of those categories. And then lastly, where he said, where Paul says, along with all malice. And malice, we can think of this as speech designed to injure or make someone suffer, right? And, and it's the opposite of what Paul says in verse, was it 29? But only such as is good for building up, right? And then when you think of malice, it's, it's an anger that's intended to hurt and to destroy, right? To be destructive. So then... Paul wants us to repent and, and put off these things, and um, and and so uh, and then we see here our speech what it must be in verse thirty two. But instead, what we must put on, what the Lord wants us to put on, right, is kindness, right. So our our speech must be with kindness, a graciousness, an easiness about it, right, an easiness to discuss, where um, uh, uh, we make it easy for us to discuss with one another. I remember I had a, a, a buddy of mine and we had an issue that came up um, and um, when we were talking afterwards, uh, what he said was really impactful. One of the things he had mentioned was, I want to make uh, you coming to me as, as easy as possible because I want what you have to say. And that was that, that, that was really helpful because I, um, when we were, you know, when we were in the moment kind of like working through it, it was, you know, it's another thing. So, but yeah, just like that response of like this, this um, uh, kindness or um, uh, make uh, 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 an easiestness, a, a courteousness, um, uh, um, wanting it to be helpful. Um, and again, there's going to be overlap with this next word, uh, a tender heartedness, right? Which is going to emphasize this aspect of compassion and being um, sympathetic or, or bearing along with someone, right, um, and, and, and extending in that way. And then lastly, forgiveness, right, which is basically giving up our claims on revenge or the ability uh, or claim for a grudge, right? We're just saying, hey, it's forgiven, right? Um, and, uh, and, and then we're treating it as such or, or working, working out um, uh, from that. So yeah, so good communication, right? We think of, of, of that first aspect as being holy, and we think of those two subcategories, right? Truthful and righteous. And then going back to what we said initially, right? Those two like general overarching principles is that it's not just um, speech, but it is, um, it is what happens at a heart level, right? And I, and I think this is the challenge that we really face as Christians, is it's, it's not just what we say, but it's, it's trying to take captive our thoughts, right? And um, I remember I have this in my notes or if it's somewhere else, but 
I think we are particularly prone in in the culture we live in where um, how you feel is really important, right? And it becomes like top of the list, right? And then you should express how you feel, right? And then we've got a lot of avenues with how that can be expressed, right? Social media, all, all, kinds, all kinds of things. And, um, and I, think, I think just one of the challenges that, that we have to, to weigh through as Christians is trying to take our thoughts captive, right? And knowing like, all right, the, the thoughts that I'm thinking or, or, or what's taking place, how do I take those thoughts captive to Christ? How do I, how do I help um, uh, uh, identify them and then uh, replace those thoughts, right? With biblically informed, right? Gospel-driven um, um, uh, 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 truths, right? That help inform that help inform that. So, right, because that that happens at that heart and thought level that we have to keep rooting back to. Yeah, Sabrina. So, one of my favorite books on communication is War of the Words mm. by Tripp. Um, it's really good. But there's one story he shares in there where he was at a family reunion, and his uncle got drunk, and out of his uncle's mouth came all kinds of profanity and obscene talk, and his mother grabbed him and his brothers and dragged him into the car. And the first thing she said was, there's nothing that comes out of a man that wasn't already in his heart. Mm. Just, you know, don't blame, don't try to, you know, cover up your uncle's sin with the drunkenness. This is what was in his heart. Mm. And it stuck with him. You know what I mean? There was just the opportunity for what was in his heart to come out. Um, but yeah, I definitely recommend that book. Yes. And then just on a second note, I've just been personally studying the term... Uh, brood of vipers mm. and <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that you know he doesn't say rattlesnake or anything like that but the viper was specifically a snake that looked like a a twig you know mm. it looked like wood so people would accidentally pick it up thinking it was firewood and unlike a, like a rattlesnake or other snakes that just strike and they you know the the um, viper hangs on mm. so they're continuously pouring their poison into you they don't let go Hmm. And so like, I think when Jesus uses those words, brood of vipers, like he has an imagery that he wants us to see hmm. of the destructive nature and how deep that is. So. Yes. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Good point. All right. So let's go down to our, to our second major bullet then, second major point. So the first one, first of four characteristics of good communication. The first one's holy. The second one is purposeful. And, and I really feel like these two things apply to like every area of life, right? It's not just like speech. It's just taking something that's maybe a little bit more general and then it's like being worked out into like everyday life, right? And so um, uh, that first aspect is um, that all of our speech should be for God's glory and then secondly, it should be for the good of others, right? And like those two things married together is super important, right? And again, like I said, that has like implications for every area of life, not just, not just speech or communication, but, but in, in other areas as well. What's that? Rely on the most confident part of your body. Yeah, well, and I think that's where we, going back um, with being... Yeah, no, I think... Let's go back to this. So with the, um, uh, with the purposeful, so we think of for God's glory, right? We think of the key text in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, right? And whatever you do, right? Whether it's, it's eating or drinking, let all things be done to the glory of God, right? And that, that's really just like this banner for everything that God would be put on display in all that we do. And we would purpose or resolve um, um, to that end. But then secondly, we're already in Ephesians chapter 4. Go to verse 29. Let's just go back to verse 29. And we kind of hit on this already. Where it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so here, I think... Uh, 
So here, what, what the Apostle is instructing us, that what comes out should be for the building up, right? And you, you think of like, you know, easy illustration, right? It's just a building, right? Just building blocks kind of adding to it, right? Versus that destructing, tearing down um, uh, 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 talk. And, and with that purpose clause at the end of verse 29, that it may give grace to those who hear. And so that requires an intentionality on our part with what we say that it would be communicated as such, right? That we would, we would communicate and that it would be for that person's good, right? That, that's really going at like, what are our heart motives in speech and in communication and, and, and things, of that, things of that nature. And uh, truly, that's gonna fight at, at the grain of selfishness, right? That's where we're really gonna feel this, right? It's because it's not for our own sake, right? It's for the glory of God and the, and the good and the good of others. So what are, um, what are some, or, or what does uh, right motives look like? And here, uh, Stuart Scott provides, I think, a couple helpful, helpful things by way of experience or uh, uh, wisdom. Uh, one would be to act and not react, and specifically not react according to feelings or to pride, right? Just that, like, how you feel in the moment and then just respond with that. But to act and to be purposeful or to be intentional um, and, 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 and to come at it from, from that route. Uh, to attack the problem and not the person. And that really ties in with being solution-oriented, right? Um, because if you're intending it for that person and you're putting off things like anger and malice, it's not to destroy that person. It's not like, like, like you gave the example with a viper. It's not to latch on and then release your poison so that way your lust feels satisfied, right? The lust of anger. But instead, it's, it's, it's for that helping. Um, yeah, and then, and then really just trying to keep your words with the goal of what will accomplish good. Um, yeah, turn with me to the book of Colossians. So go eat popcorn, right? Um, if you go um, another two books over to the book of Colossians, and let's just look at Colossians 4, and let's read verse 6. Colossians 4, 6. And maybe if we can uh, have a volunteer, someone willing to read. <laughs> I know, that's right. There's a dash there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's an old English. There's a weird E at the end. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn. Yeah, memory hook from years ago. Yeah, that's why you got the dash. <laughs> yeah, dash is critical here. All right. All right, um, who would be willing to read verse 6? All right, Jonathan. Yep. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. All right, excellent. So, so here, the apostle is instructing the church, and so the Lord is instructing us with this imagery of salt. And so um, I think there's two helpful things to look at when we think about purposeful communication. Um, salt uh, can do two things, uh, or it can, it can do more than that, but, but two things I think can at least be in mind. And one is that salt can add flavor. And then secondly, salt can preserve, right? And so if we think of communication, and, or specifically like Colossians 4 says related to our speech, if it's to be seasoned with salt, it's to make something palatable, tasty, enjoyable, but then also that second aspect, that it's preserved from 
corruption, right? So, it's pre- so it has that preservative effect. And I think both of those are just helpful when we think about being intentional to, to communicate um, uh, uh, to the good of, of others. All right, so let's go to point three. So we've looked at holy, we've looked at purposeful, and now with point three, clear. So clear communication. And, and if we were just to, you know, just define this, helpful way could be the way you say it must be straightforward and appropriate. So we're going to have three passages that we're going to look at. Matthew 5, 37, Proverbs 10, 19, and Proverbs 15, 28. So I can get three volunteers. All right, so shall Matthew 5, 37, and then Proverbs 10, 19. All right, and then Proverbs 15, 28. Or here, we'll, we'll go and let Jonathan get this. Yeah. All right. Excellent. All right, and then Proverbs ten nineteen. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Yes. All right, and then Proverbs fifteen twenty eight. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Excellent. So there's just good overlap with these three verses, right? Um, uh, with making our yes, yes, and our no, no, trying to be clear, straightforward. Um, uh, and then uh, Proverbs 10, uh, that it should be appropriate, that uh, we shouldn't just, uh, uh, there's people that can be talkative for being talkative, right? And they can just go on and on. And sometimes that's confusing or not helpful. Um, uh, and then lastly, uh, in Proverbs fifteen twenty eight, with this idea of, um, communication and communicating at the appropriate time, like it says, um, uh, uh, and, 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 and with the right response. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. So, um, so what are some practical insights as we think about this? And um, yeah, I'll just kind of open up the floor. What, what are some practical insights as we think about um, uh, good communication in the sense of being clear, clear communication. To me, this is exactly opposite from the world. Because hmm. uh, like television shows, they love to stir up and they want people to express themselves and say it. Um, what do you actually feel? And But that's not what the Christian is supposed to do. Hmm. Yeah, so excellent point. To them to yes. Be able to sit back and say, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yes. As opposed to That's a really important point too on the entertainment piece, right? Because you can think of that with, like, in Proverbs how it talks about like strife or gossip and how really it becomes an entertainment type thing, you know? And like in our world, how quickly like that can like feed upon, um, yeah, that, that that kind of uh, that kind of idea. No, that that's helpful. What what else? What are what are other practical insights? Yes. Graciousness and truth and being very straightforward in what you're saying and making and also then I think following up and checking with the other person, you know, can you kind of feed back to me what you think I just said? Yes. Just so like you know, think about your spouse or your children or whatever, you know. Um, you know, you know what you're saying, but you can say, Okay, so now tell me what you think I said or tell me what you heard me say. Then you can know if you're kind of getting to be on the same page possibly. Right. Yeah, no that that's huge. Yeah, and I think, I think um, we, we can easily fall into one of those two categories where we're so gracious where we end up like tiptoeing around it and it's like, hey, just, just tell me, right? Versus the person who's like, here it is. And you're like, whoa, okay, hey, thank you. But can you, you know, 
slowly ramp it up to gear six or whatever, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, it is. It's such a struggle to be both. Yeah, yeah. I think your, your hand was up too, Mirren. One of the practical things for me is to be deliberate about what I'm saying and not just assume that Yes. And like Michelle says, getting our point across, like with grace and truth, so don't just fill it with words. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Being prayerfully considering, mm-hmm. you know, praying about the situations that we're dealing with, ask the Lord's direction, and bring some time. Yes. Timing is really real important sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a humility that comes with that too, right? Where you're just like, Lord, I'm trusting you with this and seeking the Lord, kind of humbling yourself. Yeah, I think that is. I think that's really helpful. No, that's good. All right, any, any, other, any other insights? Um, to a person like they are above you, you know, like they have something really important to tell you. Mm. So I think that's also also when you just disregard what a person is saying instead of you listening to what they can and Yes. Yeah. I, that was, I think that's really important because Jesus says you have to feel like you're the, the least Whoever wants to be first is going to be last, and you have to be really so. You got to think of others as above you when you're listening as well. Right, right, yeah, and that having that like servant mentality, yeah. right? Like, Lord, you've called me to serve and to minister, and so then, yeah, help me to receive it, or yeah, exactly, yeah, approach it that way. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also, no, that's good. I think too sometimes you know just praying for wisdom because. I a previous boss who used to like send out these blasting emails and it would always land on me really hard. Mm. I was never guilty of what he was, but it just didn't sit well with me. And uh, you know, I went to his office one day and I shared with him the verse, um, which says, you know, admonish the idle, um, encourage the, the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And I was like, you have like a one overarching style you know, to all of your employees. But what you don't understand is I'm the faint-hearted. Hmm. I need encouragement. Like, Sabrina, you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work, you know? Right. I was like, but you're treating everybody like they're the idol. Mm. You know what I mean? And I said, and there's some people that you just need to come alongside and be like, how can I help you finish this? Yes. I was like, but overall, you have to be patient with everyone. And he received that really well. You know, he thanked me for coming and talking to him about that. And, you know, his tone kind of changed a little bit, but... That's awesome, yeah. No, that, that, um, that's helpful. You're even able to use that paradigm in like a work setting, you know? Yeah, I've never thought of that. I've always think about that in, in the sense of the church, but you're like, yeah, that, that, yeah that's encouraging. Well, I, th- I think we've looked at um, uh, this idea of clarity in our speech being clear as, uh, as, our, as our third point of, of good biblical communication. Um, and, uh, and so we'll look lastly at uh, our, our last point here, uh, point number four, timely communication. Uh, and, and that's this. When you say it, the time needs to be right. Um, and so if we kind of break that down at like a, a smaller or more granular level, right, we think as soon as the time and situation will allow, and then also at a good time. Right, so you can think about um, like if if you're married, right? Um, uh, uh, having a, a really 
difficult conversation, super late at night, uh, when you both are really tired, just that, that's not going to be helpful, right? That, that would not be a good time, right? Um, or just, so things like in those kinds of categories, right? Where you want it, you want it, to, you want it to be soon, you don't want to delay, but you also want it to be a good time where the other person um, and, and yourself are, are, are in the right state of mind. So just a helpful passage here uh, on Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25, and we'll look at verse 11. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And so, um, I think that, so that can be helpful and we see that uh, it's the right time, the right things are said from the right disposition, right? And how that comes together, how it truly can land on someone um, in a better way, right? And I think it, I think it, it helps, it helps from, from, that, from that standpoint. So we've seen... From these four aspects, we've seen holy, purposeful, clear, and timely communication. And what I'd like us to do, we've got just a couple minutes remaining. I'd like us just to look at two other aspects of communication, right? So like, and what we've really addressed has been a lot related to speech and then addressing, or the tongue and then addressing the heart. And another key ingredient to communication is listening and listening well. And so I want, I want us to look at two, two more things, right? So if we've looked at those four. Now let's just look at these, these two sidebars, if you will. So the first one is listening. And if, since we're in Proverbs, turn to Proverbs 18. And let's look at Proverbs 18, 13. Proverbs 18, 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. And then secondly, just real quick, I'll just read this. Uh, we're familiar with it from James chapter 1, uh, writing specifically about um, uh, the gospel. But just overall application is helpful here from a general principle standpoint. In James 1.19, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So this idea of making sure that we've heard someone, right? Hearing from them so it's not folly to us and being quick to listen. And, um, and so just from some practical standpoints, um, similar to what Michelle had said earlier, Noting what that person is um, saying, right? Concentrating on it. And even if you have to say like, hey, this is what I've heard, you know, is this what you said, right? And I'm like, no, nope, you totally messed it, right? But, but like finding ways in which you can help to provide those responses. And um, uh, even, even listening well uh, can mean not interrupting, right? Like letting the person finish their speech, unless maybe it's someone who's like super talkative, and they don't, they don't, they don't stop, right? And so you're like, okay, hey, you've given me a lot to think on. Let's just like go back here, you know, like, and that way, um, that that way we can we can help there. Not only that, but maybe even uh, not formulating what we're going to say next, where we can miss what someone's going to say, but instead being involved and being there at that moment and listening, right? Taking that in, and and so on the flip side, I think another like helpful implication is if we're going to do that that like in conversation that means that we need to give some time then after we've said something for someone to digest or even like give input that I think can be helpful instead of someone having to feel like they've got to insert themselves um, and so uh, so we uh, uh, appropriately try to yeah uh, take a break think about it you know not, not a break like a 30 minute break but you understand what I'm saying right like pause or whatever and 
kind of process and then and then engage um, uh, yeah so I think that's uh, so we've looked at some of those uh, ideas related to listening and engaging well at a heart level um, and then lastly this is the idea oh, Harrison um, no, go ahead. Um, just building on uh, um, uh, one good minute before you hear following faith. In a similar kind of way, if you read the three verses later in verse 17, it says that he who Jesus gave first, he's right. Mm-hmm. Well, now you come to us, you can. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good point, right? Having all the relevant facts in front of you to be able to make an informed decision or discussion. Yep. So uh, from, from a last standpoint, um, communication is more than words. And we'll, and we'll end with this, right? We all know the difference between someone saying, can you please come here? And can you please come here, right? But exact same words were said, but then there is a difference in tone, in the way we vocalize it, facial expression, um, hand gestures. All those things are also important ingredients, and sometimes we're not aware of that, right? And we need to just ask someone that we trust for feedback and and, and input, uh, because all those things can either help us communicate well or they can be really distracting or even worse, um, uh, uh, offensive, right? Where it's like people are shutting down based on not even what's said, but just the manner in which it's uh, being engaged, you know, body posture, uh, our looks, um, yeah, and, and, and things of that. So well, let's go to the Lord. Let's thank him for this time. And, um, and then and, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for giving us grace to look at the subject of biblical communication. And we pray that you would help us, that our speech and our communication would be holy, it would be purposeful, it would be clear, and it would be timely, that you would, you would work that in our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.